to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, today on the Unicorns, we're featuring ASX-listed health tech business in Telecare. It's on the ASX with the code ICR. Intellicare is a smart care SaaS technology company that aims to support the Australian care industry in overcoming the universal challenges of the sector while improving the care of clients, patients and residents. It uses an AI-based solution for aged care and disability providers, families, independent seniors and people living with a disability. Intellicare listed on the ASX in May 2020. It has a reasonably new CEO in the chair in Daniel Pilbrow, who joined the business in August this year. With more than 25 years experience in the health, aged care and disability sectors, Daniel is very well placed to lead Intellicare. And I'm pleased to say he joins me now. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thanks, Justin. It's really nice to be here and thanks for taking the time to, to have a chat. So tell us about your uh, your background, Daniel. How did you first um, get involved, I suppose, in, in telecare? But before that, how did it all, your professional journey, how did, uh, how did all of that start for you? Yeah, thanks, Justin. I think um, I've had a, a fairly unusual path to probably the, the role that I'm in now. Um, However, it's, it's always been, my career has always been focused on the broader healthcare system uh, mm-hmm. from all parts of the system, from the acute and subacute um, hospital space through to the aged care sector and also the disability sector. I, I actually commenced my career as a physiotherapist um, back in the mid-90s. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and had a, a very interesting start to recur in both the public hospital system in Victoria, but also in the private practice and sports space. I was a bit of an AFL nut and was pretty focused on uh, footballer injuries in yes. my studies, and that, that led me into a really nice career um, in the AFL. I worked for two of the AFL clubs Stop in the it. national competition. No, I did. Really? I did. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Tell, tell me more. I worked for St Kilda Football Club uh, in the late 90s, uh, including in the grand final year in 1997, where we unfortunately lost to uh, to Adelaide. Mm. Darren Jarman took us apart in the second half. Yes. Uh, and then uh, from 2000 to 2008, I worked with the Brisbane Lions part-time. Um, I was yes. a physiotherapist based in Melbourne. I used to do all the travel to most of the games that were not being played in Brisbane okay. to support the team um, in, oh, the in those locations. The glory is, yeah. It was a fun time. Wow. Great team to work with. What's it like being a physio for a, for an AFL team? Uh, yeah, look, it's it's probably the pinnacle for a, for a physio mm. in, in the country. I mean, if you if you get a chance to work in the the major sporting code in the country, I, I suppose alongside cricket, others might you know, say that other sporting codes are, uh, are, the, are the most major codes. But I think as a kid growing up in Melbourne, um, they were the two big yes. sports, and so the the two things that you sort of aim to try and achieve. Um, working with elite sports people at that top level is uh, it's something you can't compare. You're dealing with yes. finely tuned athletes and uh, and that brings with it lots of uh, exciting opportunities and uh, and no, lots of... And challenges. Of and challenges, yes, exactly. <laughs> Quick, the grand final's on. Just fix my hammy. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Okay, so so from physio, um, how did your career develop from? Yeah, there? I moved it. I moved in the public health system. I moved into management 
um, and executive roles and, and stayed in those for a number of years um, in the Victorian public health system um, and then made a jump across to the private investment space, um, working largely in the space of public-private partnerships mm-hmm. um, where there's private investment into public health infrastructure. And I think like, towards the end of my career in the public system, uh, I'd been doing a lot of infrastructure projects, so that's pretty much a natural move. And then I moved to work for a company called AMP Capital, as part of its uh, infrastructure equity yes. investment team, but focusing on its social care portfolio and um, and AMP Capital had a number of assets, particularly in the aged care sector here in Australia uh, and also in the disability care system in the UK. So I actually had the benefit of uh, almost two years working um, in the UK, uh, working closely with a disability business um, that was making a big difference in the way people were experiencing care in the UK. So um, from there, I came back to Australia and worked with a big uh, national uh, not-for-profit aged care provider called Silverchain, who's a company that's based largely in Perth, but I was looking after the businesses um, that we looked after here in New South Wales. Uh, and then I came to IntelliCare. And so before you joining IntelliCare as CEO, had you had any association with the business? Had you heard of the business? Had you, have you followed its journey or you, you came in reasonably cold? I came in pretty cold. Um, I think my experience in the UK really opened my eyes to the benefit that um, assistive technology and artificial intelligence could make for the lives of people who are seeking to live more independently. Um, and in particular in the disability sector in the UK, um, one of the big drivers was to empower individuals to, to be able to make the right choices about their own care and, and to, to you know, provide technology in their homes that could help them be more independent was a real, real goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think prior to that, I hadn't had a lot of interaction with um, the sort of assistive technology, artificial intelligence space. I had a lot to do with uh, information technology projects in the health system, but not specifically yes. on technology that that might help someone be able to stay more independent in, in their in own environment. So uh, yep. IntelliCare was a new proposition for me. And I suppose you come to that proposition then with um, with, a, with a clean slate, with fresh eyes and with, with no real... Um, biases, I suppose. No, other than, I suppose there is a bias and that bias is how do we help um, senior Australians or people who um, have, uh, who are living with disabilities, how do we help them um, live uh, to a higher quality and, and, and with, with better health outcomes and how can technology um, potentially help them to do that, I think is, is well, rather than a bias, I suppose, a goal um, that I have. And so, how is it you describe what IntelliCare is and, and stands for? Tell us about the business. Well, the business is, um, I, I won't go over old territory because I know you've talked about IntelliCare before, but essentially uh, IntelliCare exists uh, to help uh, people who are living independently at home in their own home environments. And that's where we started largely as a business to consumer type um, provision whereby um the IntelliCare platform and the insights the IntelliCare platform provides uh, assist people staying in their own homes. Uh, more recently, we've been moving to a much stronger business-to-business type focus, whereby we're working closely with providers of home care largely, uh, but also more recently into the residential and supported disability accommodation environments, which I can come back and touch on a little later. Yes. Um, but really, uh, the benefit of what IntelliCare does is that through um, I suppose, fairly unobtrusive um, 
sensors in the home, we gather data and that data um, from the, basically is, is measuring people's or not measuring it is, is, is um, I suppose, understanding people's normal activities and getting yes. a picture of someone's normal activities. And then the platform, the artificial intelligence platform, which is, I suppose, the, the mainstay of IntelliCare, um, is able to provide um, uh, data and alerts and notifications if someone's insights. activities venture, yes. yeah, insights if that if that ventures outside of those sort of normal parameters, and and ideally that's about helping um, the family who might be um, concerned about their, their their loved one or care providers who might be involved in the care with with those insights so that potentially they can intervene um, to assist someone um, or in an ideal world uh, potentially understand someone's activity levels and levels of well-being so that they can make sure that make sure they can maintain them at a higher level and daniel could you give us potentially an example a practical example of of how that might play out on a on a day-to-day basis how does that work yeah so the, the sensors i mean intellicare is largely a sensor agnostic platform we can pretty much yes. partner with any type yep. of sensor but largely the intellicare setup involves uh, motion sensors in most of the living spaces in someone's living environment um, and also uh, sensors on doors, so it can tell about people's movements in and out of the out of the home. Uh, a sensor, a door sensor on a refrigerator, might give us in, insights into how how frequently someone might be going to the fridge. Or a, a power sensor on a piece of equipment like a microwave or a, a kettle will tell us uh, whether someone's going to the kitchen and potentially heating up some food right. or or boiling a kettle. So those bits of data. Um, the coming from those sensors go into a platform and that platform, I suppose, presents back a position or a, a, a picture of that person and, and what their normal patterns are. So, um, for example, our, our motion sensor in the bedroom give us an indication as to when someone might rise in the morning. Um, yes. And so if someone's – and the artificial intelligence platform learns that person's normal um, activity so that you know, your mum might be normally getting out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning um, and you might get that on on your app because you know, we've got a, an app that goes to, to to the carers or to the care providers um, and you might get a notice every morning that hey mum got out of bed at seven o'clock everything's normal but if she mm. happened to not get out of bed till ten o'clock um, a day or so in, in a row it might send an alert say hey your mum's not getting out of bed at a normal time uh, you might want to check in on it so mm. that type of Fairly unobtrusive um, information um, yes. to to ensure that those who are are looking after um, the loved ones or caring for their loved ones, be it family members or be it care providers, have some insights into someone's normal activity and when that activity when something might be outside of the bounds of that normal activity. Yes, okay, that's a great example. And I should point out, as I understand it, this this is not a camera system there are no recordings there are no, no. monitors no. this is sensors no. to detect movement yeah so it's, it's, it's sectors to detect movement and to um to look at when uh, activities happen like a door opening yes. or etc um, we also have sensors that can know. We have a sensor that you can put in a bathroom to measure water flow so it can tell you when someone's turned a shower on or, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But the mainstay is, is largely motion and activity type sensors. And really it's the software platform that sits above it. And now our original founder, Mike, who um, who, who started this because he was 
uh, you know, worried about his mum and wanting to, to, to gain better insights about her health and well-being have really built this platform to be the, the thing that can help those making decisions about someone's care um, have better insights into those decisions and, and make some of those decisions with, with good information. And no doubt there you've probably got um, many examples of where um, your platform has, has actively helped families in the event that someone was in trouble or you know, detected something and you've been able to, as a result of that information, step in uh, yeah, definitely. and, and there's, help. Yeah, definitely. There's some really good examples, um, particularly something like uh, nighttime bathroom visits. So if someone's normal activity might be they go to the bathroom once, or, once or twice a night, but all of a sudden over a couple of days, you might see that um, bathroom visit number increase. Um, we've seen a number of examples where care providers working um, in with those clients have been able to see with that data, actually that may be a sign, may be a sign, not always, may be a sign that there's something else going on. And so um, sending someone around to check on that person, be it um, a carer or be it a, you know, in the case of uh, a couple of examples, they send around a nurse or a continence nurse and be able to potentially identify something like a urinary tract infection before it becomes yes. too bad so mm. that you know, a GP can intervene and someone can be put on antibiotics and and then be able to stay at home rather than um, if that hadn't have been picked up, maybe they might have got a lot worse and and then required a hospitalisation. So the, the ideal world here is is using this information to to help understand someone's health and wellbeing so that uh, if, if a pattern's noticed that's outside of normal, we might be able to, the care provider or the family might be able to intervene to um, ensure that someone's... Um, able to, to to respond quickly to prevent something worse occurring. Can you give us a sense, Daniel, of who is using the platform? Who are your customers of IntelliCare? Yeah, look, it uh, started largely um, focused on direct-to-consumer markets. So there's a lot of people out there who uh, who joined IntelliCare at the start through, um, through our sort of B2C type channels and our B2C advertising, uh, and that might just be family members uh, and older persons um, who are living alone, um, who've signed up to um, to use our platform um, independently, or they may have home care packages that this may be being funded through um, a home care package or a Commonwealth home support package, uh, where those people have just directly signed up with IntelliCare because my family members and, and, and the older person have been concerned about their health and wellbeing um, and wanted to get um, better insights into that, and and also some care providers doing direct um, direct uh, purchases through through us uh, directly. More recently, mm. we've moved more into the the business to business market, so we're directly working with providers um, okay. and, and working with them on you know, their broader um, aged care portfolios, um, and then and that's largely in the home care space. Um, yep. However, more recently, or over the last couple of years, um, IntelliCare's uh, been working on two two projects within the supported disability and supported independent living space for people who are um, recipients of, of NDIS funding, so people with uh, disabilities who are who are living independently um, or living in supported disability accommodation. So we've got two projects running in Melbourne. I was going to ask about the NDIS. How do you? Um, how does IntelliCare work with NDIS providers? Well, we work directly with um, the supported disability accommodation and supported independent living providers. So right. those yep. those providers come to us and say, "Hey, we we have a need to to work with with our client group that they're working with um, in, in, in 
putting in place the right assistive technology or artificial intelligence technology to support those persons to live as independently as they can. So those providers come and engage with us or someone might directly come to us through a B2C channel uh, who may be on an NDIS package. So, But mm. in, the, in the B2B space, we're very much working closely with providers to, to help them um, uh, provide the highest quality and safest care they can, but also um, through the technology that we have, um, potentially or enable not potentially enable those people to um, to live as independently as they can, um, which is a really important thing for those people who are a part of the um, the, the NDIS funding scheme. Is IntelliCare available nationwide, or do we have sort of all states and territories? covered? Uh, we are available, able to, to go into any state and territory. Uh, started largely in the WA sector, but more recently, yes. um, uh, some B2B relationships in the East Coast, um, both in Sydney and Melbourne. And we've also done some work in Brisbane uh, and more recently picked up some um, opportunities in South Australia earlier this year through a, a relationship with a care provider in, in, in Adelaide called ECH. So we've yep. got a fairly broad spread. Uh, we've got staff um, in multi-states um, okay. and we have uh, relationships with third-party um technology installer type providers to help us get yes. technology into people's homes as effectively as we can. Daniel, what does the competitive landscape look like? Have you got um, have you got any other providers in the Australian market doing similar things or are you out there flying the flag in this space on your own? No, I think there's a few of us out there all um, working in this space and, and attempting to to work yep. with the the provider landscape and the direct to consumer landscape to to try and help people um, achieve their own personal goals of, of living uh, independently at home uh, yes. so there, there, there's a number of providers that that are in the same space um, uh, and I think one of the things we think is that our our software platform at the the artificial intelligence side of it is probably the thing that um, we've got um, uh, a, a real bonus in and not saying that others don't as well but we we, we believe that we've got a, a platform that can really help the, the care provider or the family make good and informed decisions based on the information that they're able to gather and I think that's the thing with this sort of technology I mean there's lots of providers out there um, or, or competitors out there with sensors and and those types of mm -hmm. things it's I think the software platform that we believe is the thing that um, gives us a bit of an edge um, in terms of the insights that it can provide to help inform decision-making. Would you say that your technology allows people to stay independent a little bit longer, to stay in their homes a little bit longer rather than, you know, the tough decision often being made by um, children where it's like, okay, time for, a, time for a home, time for assisted care, time for aged care? Yeah, I absolutely think so. And I think that's one of the key goals of, of IntelliCare in terms of its first value proposition of, of, of how it came to be. Um, but yes, absolutely. Um, having this sort of information to, and I think it's that pattern recognition, it's understanding when someone someone's activity might be to, uh, might, might not just be as much as it was the week before or, 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 or those insights, as I said before, about someone's no frequency of visiting to the bathroom all of that insights can potentially provide early warning signals to, to carers and to family members and to care providers to just check in on someone. Um, and I think yes. it just provides that peace of mind. And I think having that combined together um, ultimately should allow people to be able to stay longer in the system. And I think the system, the aged care system, is is obviously going through a fair bit of reform, policy reform, post-Royal Commission. There's 
obviously this this government's got a strong focus on on helping the the residential aged care system and funding towards that um, and obviously the support at home reforms that are coming down the pike soon in the home care system means that providers are, I think have got an opportunity a really good opportunity to see how can they innovate and how can they um, work closely um, with with providers like us, tech providers like us, to try and say, hey, how do we stay ahead of the curve? How can we inform um, uh, good care? And, and ultimately, how can we inform the policymakers that this actually is really beneficial as an adjunct to care, not not being seen as no, something additional, additional to care? Let's talk about that quickly, innovation. So if you were to think about how Australia compares to other parts of the world, what's your view on how we stack up in in specifically related to innovation within within this field within this sector. Well, I think innovation specifically in this sort of assistive tech, uh, artificial intelligence space. I think Australia tends to punch pretty well above its weight. I think uh, we've got we've got smart people all across the country and even and even within our competitor base who are, are looking to try and solve problems in the sector through through technology in the in the broader health and aged care sector through technology. And I, I having having observed uh, the, the disability sector and the health system in the UK and having had a lot of experience in the in the health system here in Australia, I'd say that Australia in comparison to, to that, um, in the health system, certainly punches above its weight compared to, to other jurisdictions that I've seen close hand. Uh, and I think in this disability sector space that I observed in the UK, I, I'd say Australia, from a tech point of view, is is definitely punching above its weight and um, certainly got a lot to add back into the, the broader international market uh, at, at the right point in time. So. Uh, I can't speak specifically for the US market other than I know the US market is craving technology like this to support the system. Really? Okay. I mean, that's certainly my insights is that there is there is a gap in the market. Um, it, it not, I mean, I've heard you know, gap in the market in the US and our intel says that there's there's potential opportunity for us in the future uh, and, and even more broadly into to other parts of um uh, of Europe as well, uh, based on my experience of what I saw in the UK. I was I was going to ask that. So you've you are your your platforms available Australia wide. Yep. Um, are there opportunities for you? Maybe just expand on that a little bit further. Like further further abroad, where 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 could you go? Where could you take it? Oh, I suppose it being uh, appropriately strategic, I think we need to, to carefully plot that out. I think there are opportunities in, in other jurisdictions, uh, not least the USA and, and mm. UK Europe. Um, there's parts of Europe that are really early adopters of this type of stuff, um, uh, particularly you know, Scandinavian countries have been pretty pretty quick adopters of technology into into the care yes. environments. Um, I must admit I haven't done a lot of research on, on those spaces, but I think there is certainly um, certainly good opportunity for us um, broader than Australia. Um, I mean, even even into Asia, um, particularly in in environments where um, where you know, looking after people in uh, looking after your seniors in your in your own environments becoming uh, a challenge because of you know, population challenges and workforce yes. challenges. I think technology um, has the ability to transcend international borders in some regards far easier than other things because. Uh, it, as long as it's easy to use, and I suppose that's one of our opportunities to make sure that 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 in, the IntelliCare platform is, uh, is is an easy to use platform, which we believe it is, uh, and able to be uh, translated into um, into different environments. So it's been three months now, Daniel, since you've 
taken the helm as CEO of IntelliCare. How have you found running a public company? Uh, it's certainly been a learning experience. Uh, it's uh, uh, coming in from uh, the public sector, the private sector, and the not-for-profit sector, which has been my experience to now. Uh, coming into a public listed company is is certainly a new experience. Um, I've had a great team around me and 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 great um, great handover from my predecessor to uh, to to support me. And I've got a great board um, who have got good experience in the in the. Uh, publicly listed space to help guide me yes. and, a, and a great yeah. company secretary to, to help guide me. So um, I think I've got a good team around me to support me to to, to help make uh, the right decisions as we move forward. I think the, the key thing is, is having a really clear, solid platform based on a strategy that, uh, that that's endorsed by the board and and, and, and that's that makes sense um, so that we can we can walk before we run and then run at the right pace uh, at the point we're ready to really grow so I think um, yeah it's been a it's been a great uh, first phase of my career in IntelliCare, I suppose is probably the easiest way to say that. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to to really help IntelliCare take those next steps forward. And in following on from that, Daniel, what would you say your strategic priorities are, certainly in, in the short term for the business? Yeah, look, I think there is and I'll, I'll start with the longer range goal, which is I think we do have a real desire to to see expansion into new territories beyond Australia. So that's the that's the that's one of the key goals we are driving towards. But we want to do that in the right way at the right time. And so uh, we've got uh, an approach that says let's build the right way, the right direction, and and get that growth happening so that we can be ready to to launch into new into new international environments uh, at the right point. So mm -hmm. key thing key thing in that sort of first three months is is really consolidating our, our approach to working closely with providers to really understand their needs in the in the B2B space so that we're making sure that the proposals and, and the opportunities we're doing with those providers are gonna really help them solve their problems, but ultimately make sure that they're better able to um, well, continue to, to deliver high quality and safe care. Um, uh, and so that's that's probably one of the key things is really building up our B2B sales approach and, and building mm -hmm. that pipeline. Um, yep. That's that's beyond just the home care space. So probably one of the, the key flavours, which we haven't touched on yet, is, is residential care. Um, we've got two pilots running in the residential care space at the moment, um, one in Bethany in WA, in a residential aged care home in Bethany, or mm -hmm. in the Bethany group of, um, of homes, uh, and also with the Western Australian Country Health. Uh, and that's a new foray for us into the residential space. So while we've talked mainly about people living independently in their homes, we're, we are adapting our, our platform and, and model to, to, to support um, and, and be an adjunct to care in, in the residential space. And then obviously we touched on the, um, the supported disability space as well. That's an area of, of growth. So I think we've sort of got three uh, three verticals that we're really trying to um, work on in terms of both pipeline, in terms of, in terms of new, new, new relationships and new, new providers that we can work with, but also to make sure we're really building out the product um, to support those, those three verticals so that we can um, make sure we're delivering for them the, um, the outcomes that they, they're looking to achieve or working with them to help them achieve their outcomes. I think the other bit is, is really firming up our own uh, internal approach to um, our supply chain and our product development and our ability to deploy. So we're, that we're really setting up for a platform for the future growth that um, that is going to be in sort of that next phase. Final question. I'm sure you've had a chance to catch up 
whether by phone or email or face-to-face some of your shareholders in in telecare, what would your message be uh, to those shareholders that are listening to this podcast about the future of IntelliCare? Uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of opportunity to, to meet with shareholders um, face-to-face and, and telephone conversations and, and video presentations. Um, I, I really appreciate the, 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 the time and, and the, the support that all shareholders in IntelliCare have made since the start and, uh, and in particular those who've been around uh, from, the, from the beginning when we, when, when we listed on the stock exchange in 2020 and, and through um, further um, involvement with them over the, the course of the last couple of years. Uh, I think the future for IntelliCare is, is really strong. Um, I, I, it's obviously a challenging time in the stock market at the moment. So um, I think the the, the, the the key message I'd probably say to them is that I believe we've got a great product. I believe we've got a great um, a, a great plan and a great strategy and and the right board and support around the board table to, to help guide the organisation. And so I just really, uh, my message is, is you know, thanks for uh, thanks for all of your efforts so far and for your, your support that you've provided the company to now. And I believe that the future is really, really bright. I think the, the changes facing the aged and disability sectors, and I, I do note that there's a, a review of the disability and the NDIS that's just been commissioned. There's a lot of change coming. Um, there are challenges with workforce across both sectors and also even into the healthcare space and assistive technology, artificial intelligence is going to have a really strong play um, in future healthcare models and uh, in current and in future healthcare models. And I believe IntelliCare is well placed for that. So just really wanted to say a big thanks to shareholders um, for the, for their support up until now and, and encourage the, the ongoing support that, that, that we need to really kick the goals that we're aiming to kick. Daniel Pilbrow, CEO of IntelliCare. Congratulations on your appointment as CEO and all the very best in the future. All the best. Thank you very much for your time today, Justin. Really appreciate it. 